0: Thanks for tuning in to For the Community, By the Community. I'm Bill Fralick with 9 and 10 News, and on this month's episode, we are at Cherryland Electric Cooperative in Grand Traverse County. We're talking with Tony Anderson and Rachel Johnson as uh, we're doing a changing of the guard here as Tony looks to retirement, and, and Rachel will be taking over as CEO so congratulations uh, to you, Rachel. Thank you. And uh, Tony, thanks and congrats to you on retirement as well. Thank you. That's another you. big thing to say congrats for. Yeah. Uh, talk to us. We, obviously, I want to get into a little bit about the the co op's role in the community for this podcast. But I want to just kind of start with a little bit of reflection on your time here, Tony, and you know how long you've been here. I did read your uh, your. Letter in the latest uh, Country Lines magazine, and uh, you don't want to look back too much. <laughs> um, but we we want to kind of just uh, summarize, kind of where you've been uh, in your career here, uh, because lots of people know your name and, and your face from sure. Cherryland.
1: Sure, sure. I, I came to Cherryland in March of two thousand three, and I've been here obviously for twenty years since. And and w- when I came, we were uh, trying to be all things to all people. We had an internet company. We had a propane company, we had invested in a cell phone company, and then we had our core business of being an electric co-op. And so, my first annual meeting in 2003, we wrote off $3 million of a cell phone company investment, uh, sold the propane company within that first year or so, and uh, disbanded the internet company as well. And we got back to being uh, just an electric cooperative. And... uh, our rates were higher than our competition 20 years ago, and our reliability was poor 20 years ago, and we wanted to focus on those two things. And 20 years later, our, our rates are under our competition significantly, and our reliability is uh, second to none. So I think we got that stuff done the last 20 years. And I'm very, very proud of that. I've got to ask how that
0: transition was for you, and maybe that first couple of those first couple of conversations with the board of directors uh, because I know they obviously always have a hand in the future of an organization and to say hey let's let's stop what we're doing.
1: Yeah well they had fired the manager before me so they knew they had some issues so uh, they hired me to come in and clean up those issues so it was not a big surprise you know certainly writing off three million dollars in the first year uh, is a little painful but it was necessary and we, we got through that and the board of directors at Cherryland has always uh, been on the same page and we've always uh, moved forward together and they were very supportive of getting back to our core business and very much a part of our success the last 20 years. Another thing I thought was, was fascinating was that you've been involved
0: or familiar with the hiring of 57 of, of 60 employees. Mm-hmm. That's, that's pretty remarkable
1: yeah yeah we've we've had some turnover when you have poor management for a, a time like the nine years before i got here that we needed to make some changes and we gradually made those changes and we have an employee workforce today that i'm extremely proud of and that's the biggest thing i'm leaving behind is uh, those people and uh, they will continue everything good we have at Cherryland. rachel's going to lead them and uh everything good will continue. So I'm immensely proud of uh, the people I'm leaving behind. I was gonna say,
0: Rachel is one of those, uh, you know, 57 and uh, been around for 10 years. So before we turn to Rachel, you know, at some point in the interview process or application process, you obviously saw Rachel's name come through the pipeline. And I imagine having known her already for the past 10 years, this was not a, a huge leap for you in terms of
1: confidence. Uh, no, not at all. We we had two great internal candidates, uh, and the board only looked internal. And yeah, I'm I'm immensely proud. The proudest thing I will do in my time at Chairland is to hand this over to Rachel Johnson on June 15th.
0: That's great, and Rachel, congrats to you. Tell me about the the moment of in your past ten years where you said, "Yeah, I want to do that." I want, to, I want to take on that challenge.
2: I don't know if it was a moment. I mean, one of the things I've loved about working at Cherryland and working for Tony is he's always been open to, if there's something you're interested in, go do that, right? So if I'm interested in learning how we do cycle counts for inventory, I just tell my accounting team and I go out and do that with them. Or if I want to be out in the field with a crew for a day, I just ask and they let me. So over time, I got introduced to all of the different parts of the business, mostly just because Tony's leadership style isn't one to try to keep someone inside a box. And the more I did, the more I interacted with our people and learned about our industry. It's just an incredibly fascinating industry. And, it's, and for me, it's a combination of the industry and our business model. I don't ever want to work anywhere else. This industry is complex and fast changing, very technologically driven. And when I look at all those changes coming up, that's exciting and fun. But also the business model that we use here at the cooperative means that we make decisions thinking about how they impact people. And so that combination is just really exciting to me. And so I knew, I knew pretty early on that no matter what, I wanted to work for the co-ops for the rest of my
0: my life. Talk to me about that core group of 60 employees. And we just had line worker appreciation a week, not too long ago. Uh, the importance of of those folks in the community, as we talk about the community role for a, a cooperative,
2: I think it, I think in some ways that our members don't even see the ways and all of the ways our employees are involved in the community. Everything from you know coaching t-ball teams to volunteering as EMTs to volunteering with nonprofits, and then also performing their core job of keeping the lights on for all of the homes and businesses we serve. And our employees take so much pride in that. It is personal to, to, to our employees when the, when the lights are off, when the power's out. And so I'm, to, to Tony's point, I'm just grateful to get to work alongside people who are so dedicated and so talented. And I don't worry at all about the future. I'm kind of grateful Tony didn't leave me to write off $3 million in my first year, but I, I, don't, I don't worry about the future. We have such a strong team and they are 100% mission driven and we're going to be fine
0: obviously I think there's some degree of taking it for granted, the just the power that we have, flipping on the light switch and whatnot, but we do think of the electric companies, uh, the cooperatives, when a winter storm hits and the lights go out or in the summer when there's a storm or whatever the case may be. Those are things that uh, kind of put you out into the face of the community, too.
2: I mean, when we do our job well, people take us for granted, right? And that's okay. That's not not a bad thing. But what I do take a lot of pride in is when things go wrong, consistently what I hear from the community and from our members is they trust Cherryland to get out there, work hard, and get the lights back on fast, faster than anyone else. And we take a lot of pride in that.
0: Tony, one of the things that I've noticed from Cherryland over the years that uh, has, has come across our, our desks at 9 and 10 News is the, um, the community giving, the reach out to other groups and organizations throughout northern Michigan. Talk to me about that and kind of how you view Cherryland's role in the community in that sense.
1: Well, one of the key principles of every electric cooperative is commitment to community. So when we were rebuilding, when we started rebuilding 20 years ago, we knew we had to step up our commitment to community. And that's all I've ever done at other co-ops I've worked. So it's just important to be a part of the community. We're we're owned by every member we serve. So I feel like we're owned by the community and we have an obligation to give back to that community. So we've looked for every opportunity to do that.
2: And we often have access to resources not everyone else has access to. And so taking that that imperative to take care of the community seriously with the resources we have available to us, we can make real change, whether it's in the efficiency of housing stock or um, giving out zero interest loans to small businesses that are trying to grow their business and create more jobs. Like all of those are things that we're uniquely positioned to do. And I will say to Tony's credit, that doesn't just happen. I think that that has become so ingrained in our culture because Tony lives that in his personal life as well as in his work life. And that has created a culture of, of giving back to the community.
0: I want to take just the last couple of minutes that we have and talk to, and ask you to talk to me about the the change in the energy business and the electrical uh phenom- the the world of electricity and, and cooperatives and obviously we're talking a lot about electric vehicles right now mm-hmm. solar panels are 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 big yep. the talk of wind power I mean how do you see what has changed in the last 20 years
1: the, the biggest change in the last 20 years is uh, We don't have this generation we had 20 years ago. We have shut down a lot of coal plants. We've shut down some nuclear plants. And certainly we're building some wind and solar. But it's not keeping up with the 24-7 power, the always available power that we've had for the last decades and that's the biggest change and our biggest challenge moving forward is to have enough energy for all the new demand on energy we have more air conditioning than ever before we're going to have more evs than ever before and we will serve those and we will figure it out but we don't have the generation that we've always relied on for the last 40 years that i've been in the business we have to start building again and we have to big build on a big scale and on a 24 7 365 scale so that's, that's certainly the biggest challenge moving forward.
0: I'll ask you this question uh, in a second, uh, Rachel, and if you want to chime in, that's fine. But Tony, uh, I know Palisades was just talking a couple of weeks ago about wanting to come back online. Mm-hmm. Do you see uh, more nuclear
1: or coal coming back at some point? We have to do, it's an all of the above strategy. We have, if you're going to have carbon-free power, certainly nuclear is the best carbon-free power we have. And after that, it's natural gas. Can we sequester some of the carbon from natural gas? And certainly coal plants, can we do them cleaner? And maybe we should have the replacement built before we shut them down. That's the key, too. If we're going to rely more on wind and solar and batteries, let's build it and have it operating before we shut something down. We're certainly not opposed to renewable energy at Cherryland. We're 62% carbon free today, 20% of that is renewables. 20 years ago when I started, that was zero. You know, we have a great power supplier in Wolverine power supply cooperative in, in Cadillac that's done a great job improving our portfolio. But statewide and regionally, we can't shut stuff off before we have the replacement power built. And that's, we're not doing that today.
0: Rachel same same question where do we go from here
2: I, mean, I I agree with all of those things. When you think about um, our business, there's two sides of this equation. One is how much are, how much power are you creating to sell? The other is how much are people demanding? So Tony talked about a lot of the things we, can, we need to be doing to make sure we have enough power to sell to meet our members' needs. On the other side of that, we have opportunities with technology to start to shift when and how people demand electricity. And that is a, a very, much more complex way of doing business than we have historically, right? Historically, it's build a bunch of power plants, sell a bunch of power to a bunch of people who use it however they want. We're going to have to start to get more involved on the, the demand side of things. So if you think about electric vehicles, we have excess capacity to sell power at midnight that I don't have at 5 p.m. So if I can shift some of that demand for electricity to a different time of the day, I can start to make sure the equation balances. Because at the end of the day, we, you talked earlier about taking us for granted. They take us for granted because we're good at balancing the equation. These challenges are going to make it harder to balance the equation going forward and those are the kinds of things we're going to have to look at over the next several years is how do we interact more with these distributed resources on our system how do we push policies that allow us to build more cleaner power supply that can meet those needs and make those two sides of the equation match up because when they don't that's when people start calling me and that and i don't i don't want to have to get those calls so i want to work really hard to make sure we we can avoid those those worst case scenarios if the equation doesn't balance
0: best case scenario what are you looking forward to the most rachel
2: i think this is a really exciting time i mean if you think about the uh, cooperative business model it's all based on the idea that at one point in time a bunch of farmers in this community said hey we have an energy need let's work collectively to solve that energy need going forward we have real energy challenges if i had to come up with a collective solution for that i want to do it with a cooperative that has members who are engaged in investing in that collective solution so i i think it's an incredibly exciting time it will strengthen our relationship to our members as we work together on these challenges going forward
1: and, Tony, what are you going to miss the most? I'm going to miss the people, the people I'm leaving behind, the interactions like this. It's at the member interaction, the board interaction, the community interaction. It's all people. We're a people business, and I'm going to miss the people and look for ways to stay connected somehow outside these walls. And I know
0: you're not entirely leaving the industry. You've still got a a board role somewhere else. And I want to ask what you're going to look forward to in retirement, but you're not totally calling it quits yet.
1: Right. I I have uh, 22 months to uh, chair the National Rural Electric Cooperative Association. It's the trade association that represents all 900 co-ops in the country. So I've been on that board representing Michigan uh, since 2008. So now I will chair that board for two years past president for a year, so I'm I'm three years before I'm done with the co-op industry. I'm just going to be able to focus on the, the National Association and national policies and dig into this generation issue from a national level uh, for the next couple of years, and very much looking forward to that. Okay. i
0: Speaking for Rachel, but I'm saying that we probably will appreciate your expertise in, in, the, in the industry for years to come.
2: Absolutely. This will benefit us. And, and certainly as we, as we look forward to some of the challenges in the future, having a strong national voice is going to be really important for Michigan.
0: Well, thank you both for being part of our For the Community by the Community podcast. Rachel, you told me before we started that you two have done 100 podcasts together. So this was easy, easy piece. Here
2: we go, 101.
0: (laughs) Don't count this one official. I don't know if you can or not, but yes, 101 now. And obviously the podcast and the magazine, the way you guys continue to reach out to the community as well. So we thank you for all you do.
1: Thanks, Bill. Absolutely.